Hello, hello, and welcome to The Mental Matchup, a podcast where we hope to shed light on one of the hardest competitions an athlete will ever face the matchup against their own mind. I'm Kat, and in this week's episode, I sit down with Kelsey Tenson Beagle. Kelsey is from New Holland, Pennsylvania, and played collegiate lacrosse at Slippery Rock University. During her senior year of school, she was diagnosed with melanoma and also developed a fracture, a stress fracture in her hip that prohibited her from playing lacrosse. During the episode, Kelsey shares how each difficult event in her life initially seemed like the worst thing in the world, but how she was she managed to get through each setback and ultimately discovered her love of coaching. I'm so excited for everyone to hear this episode. Kelsey is amazing and inspiring, and let's just get right into it. Kelsey, thank you so much for coming on The Mental Matchup. Um, I am so excited to chat with you and talk about your story and basically like how you became kind of like who you are today. Um, So to kick us off, can you tell the audience a little bit about who you are, where you are, and what you do? Hi, yes. Thank you for having me. I am so excited. Um, so I'm Kelsey. I am currently a Division Three lacrosse coach at Albright College. Um, I graduated from Slippery Rock University in 2020. So COVID year, yay me. Um, I was a public health major, so I got my bachelor's in public health. And now I am a graduate student um, at Albright studying psychology. So I kind of took my story and brought it into my studies. <laughs> Love it. Um Okay, let's let's go back to the beginning. Growing up, where did you grow up? What was the sports culture like? Yeah, so I grew up uh, in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, so Amish country. And um, from an early, early age, I was just obsessed with sports. Um, I went to preschool at our local YMCA where I lived. And I was just like so excited every day to go to school because I got to play soccer or I got to play wiffle ball or whatever it was. I was just like so excited for like the sports part of school. Um, and as I kind of like went through grade school, I did co-ed soccer. Um, I did dance. I did um, field hockey. And then eventually I switched to lacrosse and I ran cross country and I did track for a little bit. Um, so yeah, just from a early early age I was just obsessed with competition and I was only in grade school and I don't know just every part of me just found my confidence and you know my accomplishments and everything that made me happy was in sports and what I accomplished on the field or the dance floor or my recitals whatever it was I just like had my confidence embedded in competition I love that what I guess like was when you kind of started playing lacrosse, was that it for you? Were you like, this is my sport or were you still kind of spread out amongst sports? Um, Yeah, I actually switched from field hockey to um, cross country at the time. And I was like, hey, why not try lacrosse? Like, I'm, I'm really tall, so that would be a really good draw person. So I just kind of fell in love with it. Um, I was just naturally good at it. And I don't know, I just picked it up quickly and just fell in love with it so fast. And just looking back, it's like I can't even believe how much lacrosse has given me, um, as you'll learn through my story. So, yeah, I would say um, right away I fell in love with it. And I kind of just 
I wanted to play all year round all the time. I just wanted to train and I wanted to get better. And I just wanted to play college lacrosse one day. I love that. Um, can you like, I guess, Spark Notes version, like, did you want to play in college? Was that something like you saw yourself playing at the next level? And for you, what was like the recruiting process like in high school? Yeah, I for sure, you know, had my eye on that for a while. Um, I just wanted to play in college. I just always looked up to collegiate athletes and just how tough they were and everything that they um, were able to accomplish and handle and, you know, juggle on their plates. I just thought it was like the coolest thing ever. And like I said, I loved competition and I was just, you know, obsessed with that idea of just working hard and like just being awesome and uh, just, I I don't know, everything about college sports seemed exciting to me. So yeah, that's definitely just all I wanted. And, you know, I kind of learned the hard way that there's way more to life than sports. Um, but I learned my lesson now. So yeah, for sure. That was, you know, all I thought about in high school, especially. What was before we get to college? Cause I feel like the, the bulk of your story is like later, um, what was mental health like in your community, whether it was at the dinner table or at school? Like, was mental health ever kind of openly discussed? No. And from, you know, the same age I started sports, my parents got divorced at a young age. And my anxiety and kind of that comparison trap, um, it caught me early. I would always just want what my friends had. Like, wow, they had such a good family and a close family and they were doing all these things together and yeah just from an early age you know I I caught myself in that comparison trap of just wanting what everyone else had and um, I don't know I would say like I I really just kind of secluded myself and like shut myself out from sharing things with my parents and um, my close family and my friends and so yeah just like at a young age I, I just kind of kept everything inside and it just you know kind of got worse as as my life events got tougher and I you know, was under more demand as a, as a college athlete. And um, yeah, I, I, I just was always that way. And I never really made the time to like talk to people and, you know, people around me weren't really talking about it. And my parents never really showed, you know, if they were having a bad day. So I just never really thought it was okay, I guess, because I never really was around it, never really saw it, never talked to anyone about it. It's so interesting about the comparison, because I think like in in today's like world I I feel like people now are realizing how much or how little other people have and it's really easy to get into a comparison game on social media when it's like someone's not doesn't appear to actually be a person um and it's like they have all these things and I don't like is there anything you would like say to yourself way back when maybe to like try to, I don't know, recenter you, pull you out of the comparison game that you wish you could go back and say? Um, yeah. So for sure, I, you know, if I could go back, I would have seen how all these things, you know, made me unique. My story makes me so unique. And just like growing up, I always just, you know, I wonder what everyone else had, you know, grass was always greener. Everyone's life looked perfect on the outside. And I was the only one that was struggling. And, you know, especially now that I'm older and I've worked through my mental health struggles, like 
I'm able to just kind of look back and see and appreciate all the things that I've been through. And now it's like, I found a way to, you know, love my, uh, love my flaws, if you will. And I just think that's so important because everyone is just so unique and, you know, they all have their own purpose. They own hat. They all have their own, you know, life mission. And it's like so important to find that and so important to fulfill that. And it's just, you know, such a shame when all you want is what someone else has when, you know, you're, you're just made to be so unique. Yeah. I also think it's always so funny because a lot of times it's like what we want from someone else, someone else wants something from us that we like take for granted a lot of the time or don't even realize that like we have, um, and is what makes normally, I feel like what makes us special. Um, okay. So I, I want to dive into your college experience. Um, come out of high school, you go to Slippery Rock, play lacrosse. What's it like as a freshman, like that transition period? How did it go for you? Was it easy? Did you like it? Yeah, honestly, everything was really great. Um, I think my freshman year of college was probably my best year. And I don't know what it was. Honestly, I think I was just, you know, pretty carefree, Um, you know, not in a bad way, but I didn't really struggle, you know, too much with anxiety and depression through high school. I mean, here and there, um, you know, that's totally normal. And I I don't know, I just I made a lot of friends. I was just so excited to be in a new lifestyle. Um, You know, I was a freshman on the lacrosse team, like, that's still, you know, fun. You you do have a lot of getting used to, but it's like you have a team full of best friends already. So, you know, I was just so excited to just meet so many new people and just to get started. And I just had so many fun experiences and new experiences, just being around so many different people and just being with my new team. And I really, really thrived, I think, early. And then just, you know, as I got older and, you know, things out of my control started to happen to me in my life that's kind of when, you know, my mental health just kind of took over and I just really just struggled a lot with my anxiety. What was like, I guess, like, what was that first kind of thing that felt out of your control? Or maybe when you first felt like, wow, like, is this anxiety? Like, I don't feel like myself. Like, what was that first kind of moment? What did it look like? And like, what did it feel like? And for me, it was just overthinking a lot of things and just going back to the comparison trap and just being so um, uncomfortable in who I was, I guess. And I just, yeah, overthought a lot of things, especially when it came to sports. Like I just had a lot of like performance anxiety, comparing myself to my teammates, um, contemplating every little thing I did at practice or in games and just overthinking and like in my mind, I'm like, just play lacrosse. And you know, that's, that's what anxiety does. It kind of just takes over your body. And like, you don't even know who it is. It's it's like this terrible gremlin that, you know, creeps in on you. And it's just, just turns into your inner critic. And yeah, it just, I don't know, it just really started to take over. Um, yeah. So what in, when you're at college, like freshman year sounds like it was pretty, pretty smooth sailing. To his, I'm guessing to like a certain extent. Is that, yeah, yeah, yep. My senior year, like everything was actually pretty, pretty good until you know my senior year, um, when everything started happening to me. Walk us through, walk us through your senior year, like, I guess event, maybe like event to event. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, unfortunately, 
not so unfortunately now, but at the time I was just a senior in college. So what I'm 21 years old and I got diagnosed with melanoma skin cancer in the summer of 2019. So the summer before my senior year, um, what does like for anyone listening who might not know what like melanoma is, can you just like granularly break it down quickly? Um, yeah, so it's it's one of the most deadly forms of skin cancer. Um, but I was very very lucky. Uh, mine was, you know, they found it early, so I was in like the early stage of it, and so I just had to have like a minor surgery to get it removed. And I don't know, just that that thought of loan. Um, sorry, I'll touch on two. It's it's a skin cancer that um spreads through your lymph nodes, and so you have those all over your body. So, um, it can spread fast and. Um, my mom actually had melanoma and it turned into thyroid cancer. Um, so they think that it was genetic cause I was like, I, I never tanned. I was, you know, used sunscreen religiously just because of like my family history. And so, I mean, they think that it was genetic. Um, and so, like I said, I was very lucky. Like I was already going to the dermatologist and getting checked because it was running in my family. So I was already very cautious. Um, and so, but that was just scary. That was like the first time in my sports career ever that I dealt with something that kept me out of my sport. Um, so I had to have surgery. So I had stitches. So for two weeks, I'm not allowed to move. And it was on my shoulder. So as I'm, you know, getting dressed and, you know, trying to play in lacrosse, like that's not going to work. So yeah, I didn't take that well, but I was also just like scared and just so unsure. And like, that was like the first time in my life where I was like, wow, like why me? Like, why are these terrible things happening to me? And I just felt so victimized. Um, and I don't know, like, that's, again, like, that's what anxiety, that's what depression, that's what stress does to you. It's like, just, that's all you can think about. That's all your mind surrounds you with. Um, so I, then I will say that is ahead. really scary. Like, I feel yeah, like, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I feel like, I, I don't know. I feel like you only ever really hear like the worst case scenario stories about like, cancer or these, like, it's like, oh, well, like, my grandma passed from this or like my uncle, like Mm -hmm. that's got to be so scary as a 21 year old where you're supposed to just be focusing on throwing a yellow ball into a net or like to to then have to be like, Oh, like this could have killed me had I not been like proactive about it. Did you, did you see, like, did they have you see anyone to talk like any kind of therapist or was it just like, okay, we'll remove it. And like, you're fine coming in three weeks. Um, yeah, like not really any support there. I mean, I still, I still remember where I was standing and what my doctor said to me, you know, when they told me and I immediately just started, started bawling. Um, cause I was just terrified. And like, I just remember them saying like, we'll see you like first thing tomorrow morning and like, you'll just have, have it removed. And now I just get my skin checked every three months. And, you know, that's crazy. Cause like, I never really thought about that, but no, there really is no support, you know, with stuff like that. Um, yeah, no, no one's really asked me how it's affected me or, you know, how it feels to like go to the doctor every three months and have to worry about your body at, at a young age. And like I said, you know, now I, I'm able to just feel so grateful that it's not worse and, um, that I'm, I just feel so fortunate that I get to go see a doctor, you know, every three months, but you know, it's, it's just, yeah, it's crazy to think that no one really asked that ever. <laughs> I know. I, I mean, <sighs> I, I don't need to get on the soapbox. I feel like we have so many more things to talk about, but I feel like even with like, it kind of goes back to like some of the injury that student athletes like face. It's like a lot of people are like, okay, how does this feel? How does it feel? Let's get the MRI. Let's do this. But no one really stops to be like, how does like a peer feel? 
like how are you actually doing and sometimes I feel like they do like one check-in like maybe before when you're like struggling when in deciding to get surgery and maybe like once after but I feel like once the surgery really happens and like you're on the way to PT it's kind of like okay let's just focus on the body and no one ever focuses on the mind which I'm like yeah I'll get off the soapbox um okay no that is like such a good point though and I still remember to this day um our trainer at school at college like she was so great and she always asked like how are you doing and like she didn't want the oh like my hips in pain my knees in pain today like and that's like the first time I really ever stopped and was like wow like how am I doing because normally you're just like yeah I'm doing well how are you yeah I'm fine it's like yeah. yeah and you know that's just like the first time I was like wow like someone actually cares how like I'm doing <laughs> and I never stopped to like give myself the time to think about how I'm actually doing yeah yeah I mean how I feel like I still I try not to do it but I still do it now right it's like oh hey how are you oh I'm good how's your day good yes cool right? like when I'm on like calls with my coworkers, yeah 100 percent um okay so that was like pre pre-senior year that's a lot to go into your senior year with in general like I guess like how how were the first few few weeks few months like when did you get back to playing and did it feel like you were kind of back or was this anxiety that it kind of started bubbling up still like following you um yeah I mean it was just you know a minor surgery and I had I think like 12 stitches. Um, so I, I think it was like two weeks and then I was able to, you know, I went back all them removed and I was able to like exercise again, but you know, with someone with anxiety and like someone that's such a perfectionist in my mind, like, yes, the anxiety starts to like take over of like, Oh my gosh, I haven't been exercising for two weeks or I can't do these things. Or like, like in my mind, it's just like, I'm not even concerned that like, I had cancer like I am just like thinking about oh my gosh like my sport my sport my sport and thinking about like how this might affect my sport um and that's like kind of like where my mind like took me with like why I was just so obsessed with competition um and then (laughs) while we're on the injury train so um after that it was like the fall um summer slash fall but in the fall it really got worse I was experiencing hip pain at the like same time so as I'm training in the summer um you know, I'm starting to have this hip pain, but I think it's just my groin. I don't really know. Um, I'm just pushing through it. Cause like, that's what athletes do. Right. So <laughs> I'm just exercising and it was kind of a blessing in disguise. Right. I probably had these two weeks off and kind of rested my hip. Um, but as I'm going through the fall, I'm playing on it. Um, I just start to have so much pain and I'm like starting to have a limp and I eventually got an MRI and I had a stress fracture in my hip. And again, I'm 21 years old. I'm like, what the heck? Like, this only happens to, like, elderly people when they fall. Um, But, yeah, it happens uh, just from overuse, I guess. Um, Yeah, stress fracture in my hip a little bit after that, a couple months after that. Um, And, again, like, that was the first time, like, I've never been sidelined for an injury. And, like, now I'm in college. And I, it's supposed to be my senior year. Like, I want to be the best. Like, I've worked so hard for this for four years and more. Um, And, yeah, like. I was just so com- competitive. Like my mindset's always on competition and now it's supposed to be on recovery. Um, so yeah, I had no idea how to do that. And I really just lost myself um, after that. What was like, 
walk me through what's recovery like like can you you can't play on it you have to rest it like is there a certain amount of time do they give you any like cortisone shots like what's that like path forward when you found out like from when you found out you had it to like the estimated time back to when you actually came back um yeah so they wouldn't do um surgery because of just where the stress fracture was they thought that it would just be better to let it heal um so i was just on crutches and they said it would be like four to six weeks um i just really was getting better and I ended up being on crutches it was like somewhere between 12 and 15 weeks um it was forever and I three months yeah like it was it was bad I I was just having so much I just had so much weakness um in my head and I just like I I was just limping walking anything for like the muscles around your hip to strengthen no I mean like I was doing PT um with our trainers and stuff every day and you know I'm lifting upper body so it was like it was fine um it was just obviously as you can imagine like very very stressful and yeah like I, I had no idea how to be the the athlete in recovery and instead of having, you know, mind over matter in that case, like I just, I just lost my self-worth, like somewhere, someone inside of me just, you know, I had no idea who I was or what I was worth to my team anymore. And how was I supposed to ever be successful? And again, like that's what anxiety did to me. Like all I saw was just the negativity that this has brought to my life and all the things that have happened to me. And that's like really when my anxiety started to get worse. Um, I don't know, just like feeling worthless and like not, not accepting who I was and what happened to me. Um, like it didn't change who I was. It was just my circumstances that were totally out of my control. Hips are hard. Like I have had a few hip surgeries and you like don't realize until, really? yeah, until you're injured that like your hip, it's like, I mean, you have to crutch everywhere. Your arms get tired. You like the weight, your other hip starts hurting because you have to keep all your weight on that one leg. And I had like a creepy brace sitting is uncomfortable. Like it's like, (laughs) no one, it was, it was creepy. No one, like, I don't know. I feel like with a knee, like knees are hard, but like sleeping, I don't know. I don't know if you had trouble sleeping. It's Hips oh, yeah. <laughs> is, I don't think you I don't think people realize like how central it is and how it really like impacts the whole the whole body. And usually if you have bad knees, it's actually your hips and your knees mm-hmm. are overcompensating for your hips, which not a lot of people know. Um but anyway, I digress. So you kind of lost lost that identity of being well, would you say that you like heavily identified yourself? And I know you had said you found a lot of your confidence in competition so were you just heavily embedded in this like athlete identity of like who I am on the field is very closely tied to like who I am in real life and because I'm on crutches I can no longer be that so like where do I go from here yeah that was so hard for me um and I clearly didn't didn't separate those two identities and I uh, that's you know that's where I think I started at a young age and just never realized it and then you know as I got into a higher level of competition and higher performing uh, that was just my identity and it was really hard especially 
facing injury, as any injured athlete will know, um, you really, yeah, you don't feel like you're really contributing to your team anymore, um, which isn't true for the record. Everyone on your team has a role, no matter if you're on the IR squad or if you're a starter. Um, you're someone's cheerleader. You're the sideline eyes. You're an inspiration to someone. You're able to step up in different ways. Um, so it's not true. And again, I look back and I see that now, but yeah, in the moment, yes, in the moment, it's like, wow, like I'm never going to start. I'm never going to have great stats. I'm never going to be who I was because this thing has now changed me and who I used to be. And it's just not true. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's just one of those unfortunate things. And it's like, again, it was out of my control. And for some reason, I just let it dictate my entire life. I mean, yeah, it's hard, right? Like no one really teaches you how to separate those things. Um, And a lot of like praise comes from athletic achievement or academic achievement from people growing up, like, right. Even if it's not your parents, but like in high school, you got like, if you were straight A students, your teachers were usually like, oh, great job. Like you crushed that. Um, So we're like conditioned to think that if we're like not getting praised for something, which normally happens through like high accomplishment, then we must not be good enough or worthy or all of these things. Um, it's so good. So true. It's so yeah, sad. It's, <laughs> it's so sad. Yeah. Um, what was the rest of your senior year like? Uh, yes. So, um, yeah, the, unfortunately, that's not all. Um, I had a lot happen within these months. Um, so a little bit after you know my MRI and going through all these things we're prepping for season and um I am you know kind of struggling in silence with my own mental health at this point um I'm just super anxious and I'm losing my identity so it feels and just have no idea what's uh who I am anymore and just how to handle it and I ended up one day um, finding someone who I'm very close with. Um, One of my best friends at the time had attempted to take their own life and um, I had found them. And that was just one of just the scariest and most, um, I don't even know the word, um, like just real and like terrifying moments of my life. Just truly seeing how like mental health can affect everyone and that like it's no joke and like it's not something you should hide and um yeah that was just like a pivotal moment in my life of just like seeing things differently um luckily you know they were okay in the end and and things were good um but yeah that was just that was kind of a a very um pivotal moment in my life of just like it can happen to anyone and like mental health is so real because I had no idea it yeah I thank you for sharing that yeah I think (laughs) it's I think it's hard in general and it's so hard when you're like young and death like for the most part a lot like I don't know I didn't really deal with that much death like growing up like my grandma passed when I was young there were some like random deaths here and there but nothing that really like heavily left a mark or that I was close enough to, to like realize the the magnitude of losing someone. And so I can't imagine like what you went through and seeing them and being like, Oh my gosh, like they 
could have not been here tomorrow like what what was going on in their head like what did I not see and you start asking all these questions like how could I miss this how could I miss the signs like what even are the signs um how how would you say like that's kind of like what have you taken with you from that and like how has it changed you as a person and just your your day-to-day and how you show yeah, and up it's, it's taken me a while um for sure and um kind of as I shared in the beginning I've really just found a way of just embodying that like everything happened to me for a reason um and so I forgot to share just a little part too. Um, around like the same time, a little while after, so my skin cancer had come back and I, you know, went home. My team was going on a um, preseason trip and I had stayed home because I went to the dermatologist and they had found um, that they needed to remove a part of my scar that was, you know, coming back and they were concerned about it. So I ended up staying home and having another minor surgery and my grandmother happened to pass away when I was home. Um, and it wasn't completely unexpected. You know, we knew she wasn't doing well for a long time. Um, but you know, her death was certainly sudden, I would say. And it was just crazy that I happened to be home. Um, you know, my cancer suddenly was a blessing in disguise because it got to be home with my grandma as she passed away. Um, and she died on the 17th and my lacrosse number was 17. Um, so coincidence, I don't know, you tell me. <laughs> um, so that was just, just something crazy too. And like, I had just almost, you know, seen one of my best friends, you know, life's be taken away. And, and then I dealt with, you know, death, someone I was very, very close with. And my grandma basically had raised me growing up. Um, I spent so much time with her. I loved her so much. Um, and so, yeah, just a lot, a lot, a lot of things that a 20 year old shouldn't have to deal with. Um, but where I'm going with all of this is like, yeah, to this day, it's taken me a, a years, but I'm finally able to kind of like go back and see all those things. And like, yeah, like that is why I show up every day. Like just by showing up and like, you know, being kind and, and now I coach and I'm able to, you know, I put my athletes, you know, I, I do my best to help them separate that athletic identity to, you know, you're, you're a human, you're a student, you're an athlete, like you're a person. Um, and so I just try to be, you know, the person that I always wanted and the person that I always needed, um, because especially as these, you know, generations change, it's like kids need different things. Um, I needed something. You needed something. You know, we all it's it's not possible. To, like all of our needs met. But yeah, like just showing up and just being kind to people and, and being empathetic. Um, it, it just goes such a long way. Um, you just truly never, ever, ever know what someone's going through. And that is, you know, what kind of changed, changed my perspective on life for me is, you know, it costs nothing to be kind and, and you truly never know what someone's going through. And it's a guarantee that everyone's going through something big or small. It's still something. Um, so, you know, that's kind of has just changed my perspective too. like mental health happens to everyone and anyone. And I'm not the only one that's struggling. And for so long, like I thought that about myself and, you know, that's just why I just let the anxiety and everything just eat at me. Um, so yeah, I hope that answered your question. I really went off on a tangent.
We're gonna take a quick break and we'll get back to Kelsey in a moment. I'd like to take a second to talk about Morgan's message, without whom this podcast would not be possible. Through amplifying stories, resources, and expertise, we are building a community by and for student athletes through peer-to-peer conversations and providing a platform for advocacy. Morgan's message has a vision to eliminate the stigma surrounding mental health within the student athlete community expand the dialogue and normalize conversations and to equalize the treatment of physical and mental health in athletics. To learn more, to get involved, anything in between, you can head to morgansmessage.org or follow along on Instagram at morgansmessage. Let's get back to Kelsey. You said that so well just with like you never know what like someone is is going through at any given time and I don't know I just think it's always it's usually like easier to be nicer than it is to I don't know be mean but I feel like that's a perfect segue for what you're doing now and kind of like your why yeah so coaching um, which is crazy because like I said I was a public health major I wanted to be like a hospital administrator or something and I love geriatrics at the time too (laughs) Um, and now college students are my people so yeah coaching definitely found me and that's that's how the story goes and I truly feel like I'm meant to be in this field just because of like I said everyone goes through stuff and coaches are just so important to athletes lives. Like I have coaches that have just really shaped who I am today. And like, we're just always there for me or like, I just looked up to them as great leaders. And like I said, now it's like, I I just try to be who I always wanted or what my coaches have kind of um, put in, in me is like kind of what I try to bring out now is my coaching philosophy. And I I just feel like everything I've gone through, it's like, now I've, I'm I'm bulletproof to things. (laughs) I'm like, come talk to me. Like, I love that stuff. I love helping people. I I love when people open up. Um, I think that just talking about mental health is just so important to have somebody that you you trust. Um, And it's like, sometimes you don't even have to say a lot. Like just the fact of like someone knowing that you're there for them and that they can like come to you and trust you with like what they have going on. Um, It just like means the world to me. And like, I know like I was so lucky to have my coaches at Slippery Rock like I went to them for everything and like they were always there for me and not a lot of kids have that um in their sport which is just so unfortunate um so yeah like that's definitely like what we try to cultivate um with our with our players um and just yeah just the power of being able to talk to people like it is so hard but opening up um is what changed my life. Like I said, I started with just talking to my coaches um, because I had no choice. Like here I am a senior in college and like the world's on my shoulders. So it felt. And so I, you know, it's the first time I opened up to them. And then after college, I actually um, went to an intensive outpatient program for four months. Um, So I went like three times a week and it was like, just like an intensified therapy program and it was group therapy. And that was like the very, very first time where like I laid everything out and I was just so 
open with like myself and with others and just let everything out. And like, let me tell you the biggest weight was lifted off my shoulders. Like, yeah, it sucked that like I had to go there and like that I needed to for like the sense of like my mental health and like my quality of life. And like, man, am I just so thankful now that like I chose to just open up to someone and like now I can be here on the other side of it like telling my story and like I'm just able to look back and say like all these all these negative things were just moments and like I ended up learning so much from them and like in the grand scheme of thing like every negative thing is just a moment but it's so easy to just like look at it and be like wow the whole world's on my shoulders and like I'll never get out I'm yeah I'm I know the woman was too soon to speak I feel like I like <laughs> I don't know. You, you've seen a lot and you've been able to to come through it. And I think like my perspective on a lot of it is just a lot of times like people just want to be heard and they don't want to face any repercussions for how they're feeling. Like mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think like, like, I don't know, venting. I think there's a difference between like constructive, like working through your feelings, trying to get your thoughts on or like, okay, what am I thinking about this? Like, I just need someone to hear me on how I'm feeling about these things. I think can be, I don't know, just feeling like you have someone in your, in your corner who's supportive, who's like kind of like a briefcase, right? Like they leave, they like shut it, shut it down and you like leave a little bit lighter. You're like, okay, someone actually like looked me in the eyes and validated that like my feelings are valid and didn't offer any like fixed pieces of advice. Um, I've said on here before and I'll probably like continue to say it, like my mom's a big fixer and eventually got to the point where I was like, mom, like sometimes I don't want your advice. Like you're awesome. I love you. I know you mean well, but like, sometimes I just want you to like stop and listen to what I'm saying and like offer up the choice of like, do you want me to listen or do you want my advice? And if I ask for you to just listen, like, I just need you to like be there so that I can get this off my chest because I ultimately like, I'm someone who I normally know like what I need to do. And even if I'm like, oh, like this, this, and this, I'll be like, okay, well, I know like the right thing to do is this. I just like kind of wanted to like work through my frustration. And so like a lot of the times I don't necessarily need like that, like initial feedback. Um, And I feel like that's kind of like, I don't know, somewhat of a role you're playing where you're just like, okay, here to listen, like here to like make sure you feel, feel good. And then if you want to troubleshoot, like here's how we're going to troubleshoot. Um, which is awesome. Like there, there needs to be more people like that in the world. Um, we normally wrap with closing questions. Um, and I know we're, we're just about a time. So the first question is if you could go back to yourself who, you know, struggling Kelsey with anxiety or pain or whatever it was and say one thing, like one piece of advice or whatever you would go back and tell yourself essentially, what would it be? Um, just not letting your feelings rule you. Um, I just, you know, my anxiety took over my life and like, I just listened to that inner critic so much. And instead of just loving who I was and just being confident in who I was, I just let that critic inside of me, you know, tell me that I was worthless. Tell me that I didn't mean anything tell me that I didn't deserve to be happy you know all these crazy crazy thoughts um you know I really just thought they were true and you know that's that's what mental health and mental illness does to you um 
And yeah, I just wish that I went in with like, a good mindset of just loving myself and like knowing that like it's not worth it um, to put myself down over these things that are out of my control. I love that. Yeah, I feel like loving yourself is key. Last, and it can be hard. It can. It, it can be hard. Yeah, it can be hard. It's like you have to love yourself. You don't have to necessarily like yourself all the time, but like you should strive yeah. to like yourself a lot of the time. Um, I, I know. I always this is so cliche I feel like everyone like brings this up but it's like if the way you're talking to yourself like would you ever talk to like someone you love that way like a friend or and if it's like no then it's like why are you talking to yourself that way yeah um which is a sobering yeah like a sobering (laughs) thought um cool and then the last question is what are you most grateful for um I would say definitely my little family right now Um, I just got married in October and I have three dogs and three cats (laughs) so yeah we're busy we're crazy yeah um, we we used to foster and then we accidentally adopted two in the last year so now we don't have room to foster but we're still out here saving the world um but yeah I'm just I'm very just thankful for you know my family and my career lately like I feel so lucky that coaching doesn't feel like a job um I am generally like excited to go there every day and like I just feel um so lucky just to be a leader of you know my girls and just to you know show up and like be that person that I needed for them I love that that was so beautiful um <laughs> thanks it's heartwarming no seriously well Kelsey thank you so much for coming on the mental matchup and sharing everything that you shared um Thank you so much for having me. Another huge thank you to Kelsey for coming on the Mental Matchup and talking about pretty much everything under the sun. Um, I I left our conversation feeling lighter. Um, I, I always find that these conversations, I take so many things away um, from them and in Kelsey in particular, just her her vibrancy and love for life and, and really her outlook on being so lucky to do the things she, do, she does. I think sometimes I find myself um, missing. I think overall, I feel very lucky, but in the day-to-day, in the mundane, um, I tend to forget just you know, just how incredible lucky, incredibly lucky I am. Um, if you want to get in touch with the mental matchup, come on the podcast, share your story on our stories blog. You can email submission at morgansmessage.org or head to morgansmessage.org and you can submit directly on the site. Another huge shout out to Morgan's Message for presenting the mental matchup. We would not be here without them. To get in touch with Morgan's Message, you can head to morgansmessage.org um, or follow along on Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Twitter at Morgan's Message. I will see you next episode.